You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. And what is up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by Boot Crew Media. And the Saints, although it's been a weird season, they keep their playoff hopes alive, beat the Carolina Panthers in a must-win game. And it's going to bring up an interesting Week 18 with them having the Falcons and then obviously paying attention to what's going on with the 49ers situation. But we'll get to all of that first. Uh, I want to talk about the actual game and what transpired on Sunday afternoon against the Carolina Panthers, which started off poorly. The Saints did not look energized. They just looked lifeless for the most part of this first half of this game. And it wasn't really until the tail end of the first half that you saw the Saints kind of gain momentum with that long drive they had to get themselves in field goal position, cut it to 10-9. And you can tell after the after the first half, the defense was going to dominate this game. And they did in so many ways. But the one guy who has been on a tear the last couple of weeks and continues to just be on an absolute tear is Cameron Jordan. And the funny thing about Cameron Jordan, and a lot of us know, is we kind of thought he hit that peak. He hit that moment where he wasn't really going to be a productive defensive end anymore. And it's normal to have those discussions. If you go back and listen to previous podcasts that I had, probably around, I'd say, early November, talking about either moving him to defensive tackle or finding a way to make him get pressure because it wasn't working. And there were so many conversations about that. And I wasn't the only one who said it. And then he misses the Jets game because of COVID. And I don't know what's happened ever since, but Cam Jordan's been arguably the best player on this Saints defense. And what he's been able to do over the last couple of weeks and just continue to stack good game on top of good game. December 19th against the Buccaneers, two sacks. The following week, December 27th against the Dolphins, two sacks. This weekend against the Panthers, three and a half sacks. You know Sam Darnold's going to be having nightmares with Cam Jordan tonight when he goes to bed. So seven and a half sacks over the last three weeks, three and a half today. He has just been great. He's been absolutely great. And I don't know, maybe maybe you drink some voodoo juice, like you guys are saying in the chat. I don't know what it is, but Cameron Jordan's been excellent. And I think the one thing that we all need to give credit for, if he's playing bad, I think we all call him out. When he's playing great, he deserves it. He deserves his flowers right now. And it's insane to think about, but he's got 11 and a half sacks on the season. That's four more than last year. And there's still one game left against Matt Ryan, who pretty much sacks all the time. So what a turnaround for him. He deserves the game ball for, for this win over the Panthers. No one else. It's got to be him. Doesn't mean other guys didn't shine. I'll give other players their props in just a second. But I just wanted to start off this episode by just talking about Cam Jordan and what he's done. And I, I think for us Saints fans, sometimes we kind of lose sight of how important Cam Jordan is to this team and where he belongs in the Mount Rushmore of Saints players. The man's got weight. Now he's got over 100 sacks, 106 on his career. You can make an argument when it's all said and done. He'll have a Hall of Fame resume. And... You just got to tip your cap. He's been excellent. Another guy who was excellent on Sunday, CJ Gardner-Johnson. I I think with CD Deuce, there are so many things that you could point out. I think the trash talk's excellent. I think just the way he goes about the game is is just incredible. But the the guy's a baller. The guy is a baller. And you saw it today, clutch sack on that last drive of the game. A couple plays later, has the game-stealing interception. He is just a difference maker, and I think he's able to get in opposing quarterbacks' heads pretty frequently, and, and what he's been able to do is remarkable. So I, I while I say Cam Jordan gets the game ball and he was the best player for the Saints, C.J. Garner-Johnson, fantastic outing against Carolina. Uh, and, and again, you're talking about a defense that was missing Marcus Williams because of COVID. How would they look? Who knows? P.J. Williams went down in this game multiple times, and yet 
the secondary did their thing. The secondary absolutely did their thing. And yeah, I get it. They were going up against Sam Darnold and the Panthers. Sam Darnold had 132 passing yards. That's terrible in today's NFL. So credit to CD, uh, CD Deuce, what he's able to do. Also want to give credit to Quan Alexander for what he was able to do today. I thought he balled out as well all over the field. And he's just a quick playmaker at linebacker anyway. But also some guys on offense that I want to give credit to. Marquez Callaway is starting to turn the corner. I think there was a point earlier this year where we all kind of just thought it wasn't happening. And that's because he didn't live up to the hype. And part of it was his own fault. He played so well in preseason that we expect him to be great. But you look over the last couple of games, had over 100 yards against Tampa Bay, had a decent game against Miami, despite not having a real quarterback throwing it to him. Had 96 yards, I think, receiving today. Callaway's playing a lot better. And he probably should have had more. He had a couple of drops here and there, but he also had two ridiculously insane catches in this game. So I want to give Callaway his props. You guys mentioned it before. Um, he, he's kind of Jekyll and Hyde. Sweet catch here, bad drop there, but it's been more good than bad with him lately. And that's been a big reason why the Saints have been able to do enough offensively. They're still terrible offensively. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, but I want to give him his props. I want to give Kamara his props too, over 100 scrimmage yards. It felt like the first time in a while he's been able to do that. And... You guys mentioned it, QB away and a receiver away from a Super Bowl. That's kind of how this team feels. The defense is Super Bowl caliber. And because of Super Bowl caliber, I'm going to talk about the playoff hopes in a little bit. And there's just something about this unit. I know you guys don't want them to split up. I don't blame you at all. I do not want this defense to split up after this year. It's an awesome unit. And at every level, with Cam Jordan going now, now you have him and Davenport on the pass rush. They've been great. Onyemata starting to heat up. You know what you have at linebacker with Quan, Demario, Pete Werner, the secondary all over the place with Lattimore. You got Marcus Williams, PJ Williams, Malcolm Jenkins, Adebo, CJ Garner-Johnson. It's a loaded defense. It's an absolutely loaded defense. They still stop the run. They still get after the secondary. And to your point, you guys mentioned how loaded this team is, and I'm glad you brought this comment up. This is a team that lost Trey Hendrickson, who's a double-digit sack guy, and they're still great defensively. So, the Saints, shout out to what they've been able to build. It's been great. Now, I want to talk about Taysom Hill real quick and this offense because I got to talk about them. It, was, it wasn't great, but I got to talk about them. I'll say this about Taysom Hill. I thought he played okay football today. And what I mean by that was I don't think he tried to do too much. He had one terrible throw that should have been picked off, literally threw it to the Panthers DB. They dropped it. Nice of them to do that. But I thought he played efficient football, turnover-free football, although it shouldn't have been. And I think he did enough. And I think with this Saints defense, that's what you're asking for. It's a, it's a terrible thing to ask for because the bar set so low. But I didn't think Taysom Hill played terrible. I actually thought he was on schedule a bit. And I thought the two-minute drive he had at the end of the first half, that was probably his best work. Now, there's still problems with Taysom. Sometimes I feel like he's pushing the ball instead of actually throwing the football, if that makes sense to you guys. And I do think there are times where he just misses his read completely. But with Jameis out, he still is the best option. When he uses his legs, which he did today, 45 yards rushing, he gives you something. He gives you something. So that, for me, I, I don't think it was a great performance, but I didn't walk away ready to throw up like I did against the, the Dolphins or I did against the, the Bucks, even though they won that game on Sunday night. Those are the performances that make me sick. This one wasn't great, but they did enough down the stretch that I thought, all right. And Brett Maher made a couple field goals. You can't ask for more than that. I know he missed an extra point, but they actually made their field goals. So... Absolutely. Let me get to some chat questions real quick, and then I'll talk about the playoff hopes because that is a big thing, obviously, at this point. But you guys mentioned Taysom has slow reads. We've got to accept that, uh, accept him for what he's good at. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a big thing with Taysom Hill. 
He isn't a great quarterback, obviously. You can make an argument whether or not he is a quarterback. I, you know, whatever, have that argument if you want, but he is a very limited player with really good speed. And you just hope to put him in situations where his athleticism could pop. And if you can do that, you might have something for a certain game or a certain look that a defense is giving you. And he's done enough. And I think the important thing with Taysom is don't turn over the football. If you don't turn it over and you're playing the field position game, honestly, the season nine times out of 10, the defense has won them those games. So play safe, play the field position game. And when Brett Maher is making kicks, all right, three, three points is better than no points. So that's kind of the way you go with this offense. You're pulling teeth a lot, but I think for them, this is what they have to do. And you mentioned, I think that's a great point. No Eric McCoy, no Teron Armstead, no Ryan Ramchek. If you get those guys back in, and I don't know if they're going to come back. I really don't know if they're going to come back week 18 or if they make the playoffs, they come back for the playoff run. Eric McCoy, I'd assume so. I don't know about the other two. If you can get this line functioning, then you can have a semblance of a run game. The Saints did this today with no run game. Alvin Kamara, 13 carries, 32 yards. So, yeah, Taysom Hill hasn't been excellent at all. Hasn't even been good. But there isn't enough around him to say, okay, he should be playing better. There's no pressure on him. No, actually, a lot of pressure is on him to make a play because there's not a lot around him. So, I think that's an important thing to consider. Again, he's still super limited, but something to consider. Let me get to other comments here. I, I'm loving what I'm seeing in the chat right now. A lot of you guys mentioned PJ Williams, how he's been solid this year, and you guys giving him his props. And, and I agree. Look, PJ Williams has had a very weird career arc with the Saints. It got off to the start where you're like, all right, this dude can't play football. You see him at outside cornerback. He's getting burnt nonstop. You think this is over. Then you let him play slot. Then you let him also play safety. And you're wondering, and you're looking around, and you're like, he's an asset. He's absolutely an asset. He did today forcing a fumble on one of his sacks on Sam Darnold. So he is a very, very versatile playmaker. He's going to deserve a raise over the 2.3 million or whatever he makes this year. He will get that raise. And I just hope it's with the Saints. I think he's a player that you can move him around. And if a Marcus Williams misses time or a CJ Garner Johnson misses time, this is a guy that could slide in those positions and he can do a very good job at it. So PJ Williams, I'm glad everyone's giving him credit. It makes me really, really happy to see people wanting to talk about PJ in a positive light. And I think that's the one thing I love about Saints fans so much is when someone's doing bad, you go after them. And then when someone's doing good, you give them their flowers. And I think being fair like that is a really big thing. And you guys absolutely uh, have done that. So I am really, really pumped about where this defense is. And again, you did it without Marcus Williams. Who Drew, you mentioned him about being a priority for free agency. He absolutely should be the priority. He's a young safety who is a ball hawking safety who might not have hit his ceiling yet. There might be more to come from Marcus Williams. So throw him back on this defense that has been great against the Panthers. Let's be real, against the Dolphins, seven points were spotted by Ian Book. So they really only gave up 13. That's another great performance. Shut out the Bucks. Shut out the Jets for the most part. This defense is peaking at the right time. And again, we'll see what happens with playoffs. We'll talk about that in just a minute or two. But they have the defense to keep them in every game. The offense just can't turn it over. If the offense plays clean and plays field position, you got a shot. That's that's just how good this defense has been. Only one unbelievably bad throw today from Taysom. Decision-making seems better. Ram when necessary. Yeah, I think, look, that's the thing with Taysom. His skill set's not great, right? But if he's making quick decisions, that will get them out of trouble. And I think the one thing he did, and if you guys go back, you'll remember the Eagles game last year. There was a play where it was fourth down, and he sat in the pocket for about eight seconds and then got sacked and fumbled. 
And it was that moment where I'm like, dude, you're so quick. Why are you not taking off? He's done that a lot better this year. And that's why he's not making as many mistakes. Think about it. He had the four picks against the Cowboys in that terrible game. But against the Jets, turnover free. Against the Bucks, turnover free. He is playing a lot better football now in terms of just playing it clean. And that's really important. Happy to see Callaway put together another good game. He and Taysom work well. Yeah, look, I mean, some of them are off on some throws. I think Taysom's throwing it a little bit too out wide sometimes. And Callaway made some really strong hands catches. I know that sounds weird, but wasn't bringing it in with his body, just full on, just strong grip with his fingertips. He made two of them today that I was just really impressed by. And the throw should be better, but Callaway made the catch. And that's all that you can really ask for. So really happy about that. And again, if your offense can go score 20 to 24 points, again, not asking for a lot in today's NFL. The Saints will win most games. Like, that's how good their defense has been. I know there's only one game left, ironically, against the Falcons, which I'm going to talk about in just a sec, but it has just been really, really a really weird year. A really fun year, though. I will I will say that. How do you feel about free agency? Who should we bring into the Houdat Nation? Look, I, I don't know what's going to go on with, with free agency. And I, truthfully speaking, I haven't looked at my whole free agency board yet and who I want the Saints to get. And I will absolutely do that and have a, a podcast and a live stream for that when the time comes. But I will give you one guy that I do really like. I'm not saying the Saints are going to go after him, but Mike Gusecki would be on my list. I think he's a fantastic tight end. And it comes down to how do the Saints feel about Troutman? Is Troutman more of a blocking, pass-catching hybrid? And albeit he's really not great at either one. And they say he's not going to be a tight end one. And I would be happy with the Saints throwing money at Mike Gusecki. I think he is a fantastic tight end. Um, I'm sure there's other Saints podcasters who probably feel the same way about Gusecki and what he could be. So... That would be my guy for you to give you a short answer. When I have a full board out, I absolutely will do a podcast on this because free agency is captivating. And I think for the Saints, this year more than last year, I think they could bring another guy in. Think about what they did this year. It was Tano Passanio. It was Alex Arma. It was little, it was little moves It because they didn't have the luxury of going out there and being big ballers and spenders like they want to be. But they'll have a little bit more freedom this year with the cap going up and not having to cut as many guys to get under the cap. So... Mike Gusecki, if I had to give you a name, that would be the guy that I'm looking at. Again, not saying it's going to happen, but really interesting. Jameson Williams or Chris Olave? Hey, a nice little draft question real quick before we get into the rest of it. Look, I I love both of them. If you're going to make me pick, I'm going to say Jameson Williams. I think Chris Olave, while I think he might be a little bit more polished than Jameson Williams, and both are fantastic. Like, I don't think you can go wrong with either player. I think Jameson Williams has that game-breaking potential that I don't know... Chris Olave will have all the time at the at the NFL stage. And that is no knock on either. They're both first-round prospects. I just think Jameson Williams has a little bit more burst that I like personally. Now, I think Olave is a better route runner. I don't think that's a question. He could have came out last year and he would have been minimum a day-two pick. So I like both. I like Williams. Uh, I like Jameson Williams better. But realistically, Saints aren't going to be able to pick Jameson Williams, to be honest. Olave, they might have a shot at. I think that's a little bit more realistic. I would be shocked if Williams makes it out of the top 10. I think he's going to light up the combine and people are going to, you know, see what he's putting on film. And he's got the national championship coming up another opportunity against a really good defense, which he already did well against to shine. If he does that, he's a top 10 pick. It was negative saints news everywhere. Yeah. Look, I, I think you guys mentioned it. It, this season's so weird. One week it's tank season's over next week. It's back on the playoff, you know, bandwagon. And it's just wild. It's absolutely wild. Is Callaway a wide receiver three or wide receiver four? What's your opinion on him? With the way he's been playing lately, I think Callaway can absolutely be a wide receiver three. Hell, if he develops, maybe he could be a wide receiver two. The issue with Callaway, which sucked for him, was that Michael Thomas never came back, and all this pressure was on him 
some warranted because he played so well in the preseason, some unwarranted because that's a lot to expect an undrafted guy in year two to become a wide receiver one. But I thought he did a really good job the last couple of weeks. And I, I'm watching Callaway now, and I, I want the Saints to feed him. I want them to constantly go to him, build up his confidence. And you guys see it. You guys all mentioned it in the chat, and everyone's tweeting about it during game day. He's, he looks a lot better. He looks like a legitimate wide receiver. And that is an improvement. And I, I think for him, I think wide receiver four is too low of a ceiling. I think wide receiver three is probably what you're looking at. And if he can get better in terms of just cutting out the, the, the silly drops, all of a sudden, you're looking at a wide receiver too. We'll see next year. We'll get a better idea if Michael Thomas is in this lineup or if the Saints add more receivers, which hope to God that they do, then we'll know more. But I think wide receiver three is a very fair ceiling. All jokes aside, if the Saints make the playoffs, Peyton should be considered coach of the year. I think Peyton, regardless of them making the playoffs, should be considered coach of the year. He will never win it because of the bounty gate thing and Roger Goodell and hating him and I, whatever, but he deserves to be in the other conversation. Think about what they've done this year. Jameis, Trevor, Taysom, Ian Book. You've had four different quarterbacks playing and you have a chance to make the playoffs. When the hell does that happen? There's got to be some stat out there. Someone's done it before. Kudos to them. But, man, he has what Sean Payton's been able to do this year. Absolutely incredible. All right, I'm going to do two more, and then I'll get back to the rest of the comments. Just keep dropping them in, and I will get to them. But you guys mentioned uh, Michael Gallup. You brought up the torn ACL. That was tough today. He actually caught it. I, I think he tore his ACL on a touchdown catch, uh, if I'm correct, which is wild. And he said he felt a pop when it happened, but just decided to power through, which kudos to him. That's a tough-ass play. But that's tough. I think Gallup's the type of guy that you're right, though. I don't know if this affects his value tremendously. But that, that is a wide receiver. What's Gallup? Gallup's a really good wide receiver, too, in my opinion. He's a wide receiver three on Dallas because they're loaded, and I don't expect him to be back on the Cowboys next year. So, yeah, Gallup's another name that you can say. And Ingram, you mentioned him. I'm out on Evan Ingram personally. You guys know I'm from New York, and I, I've watched a lot of him, so I'm not, I'm not big on him. But maybe a change of scenery, and the Saints can work to his skill set better. The Giants never did that. The Giants never played to Evan Ingram's skill set. So maybe that's why he struggled. But... I don't know if that's the guy that I definitely want. But again, keep dropping comments. I'll get to them in a sec. What I really want to talk about real quick, though, is this playoff picture. And I know a couple of weeks ago, it was really easy to say, tank, 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 tank. The Saints are done five and seven. And now you look back, they're eight and eight. And they have a chance to go nine and eight. And if they win and the 49ers lose, the Saints will be in the playoffs. And it's wild to think they've gotten to this point. Back when they were five and two, it felt like a certainty. And then when they dropped to five and seven, it felt like a certainty that they weren't going to get it. And I know that making the playoffs is going to affect the Saints draft, uh, you know, stock and, and where they're going to sit. And I get that. It affects the draft order. But again, who knows if the Saints are going to have those picks? A, because who knows if they make a big trade for a quarterback? B, look at their last two first round picks. Peyton Turner hasn't really seen the field this year because of injuries, unfortunately. Cesar Ruiz, none of, none of you want him on the field. And I don't blame you. The first-round pick, while we obviously, you want a better first-round pick, I get that. This Saints team, if they make the playoffs, are they going to win a Super Bowl? No, I do not believe so at all. But damn, would it feel good to ruin the Bucs' season or ruin the Rams' season or ruin the Cowboys' season. And I think with the way they play defense, then they got a shot. And I'm not saying that this team can make a run because you can only play bad offense for so many weeks where it catches up. And we've seen it catch up to the Saints from time to time. But this is a Super Bowl caliber defense. And in the playoffs, what do you need? A good defense because defense travels and need a good running game. And if the Saints O-line gets healthy, they can run the football. 
And even if they don't get healthy on the O-line, we know what this defense can do. And now that Cam Jordan's heating up and Davenport's been great and the linebackers are always hitting and the secondary's loaded with talent. Go back to the Dallas-New Orleans game. There was a really bad blindside block call that was not a blindside block and that changed the whole game. But before that play, the Saints were stride for stride with the Cowboys and not scared at all. And that was the Saints team that was missing Alvin Kamara, missing a couple pieces here and there. The Saints can absolutely beat the Cowboys in a playoff game, in my opinion. I think the Saints can beat the Cardinals in a playoff game. I think the Saints can beat the Bucks in a playoff game. I think the Saints can beat the Rams in a playoff game. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but what I'm saying is if they get in, they have a chance to pull, the, pull off an upset and ruin someone's season. There's always one up, big upset every wild card weekend. The Saints have been on the, on the winning side of some of them. The Saints have been on the losing side of some of them, like the Vikings lost a couple of years ago. I get that having a better pick sounds great, but who knows what the Saints are going to do with that pick if they own the pick, if they trade it, if they take another lineman that's going to piss everyone off. Who knows? So I'm all in on them trying to make this playoff push. I'm glad that it's happened this way. And you're going into week 18, despite all the injuries, despite the COVID outbreak, despite not having Jameis Winston, despite Michael Thomas not playing a single down this season, you got a shot to make the playoffs. And I, there's something to be said about that, the resiliency, the fortitude that these guys have. And it's going to get, it's against the Falcons, makes it all that much more sweet. And ironically enough, the Niners and Rams game is going to dictate if the Saints beat the Falcons, whether or not they get in. A Niners team that won, got the one seed the year that we felt like they could make a run in 2019. And a Rams team that we all know we hate, but you're going to need them to win. And it's just crazy how it all plays out. It makes you wonder. It's just funny how these storylines kind of come about. But I think this team, so limited ceiling-wise, but I would hate for this defense to not make the playoffs because I would love to see this unit get on the big stage and knock someone out of the playoffs because they can do it. They absolutely can do it. You look around the league. I think the Packers are playing better than any other team in the NFC. I think that's something that we all know. Who else in the NFC right now is playing so great, though, that you're like, oh, I don't, do we really want to face them? So that's my spiel for that. I think the Saints defense can take down a Rams team or a Buccaneers team or a Cowboys team. Don't lie to yourself. A nice uh, uh, earlier playoff, uh, earlier draft pick would be nice. Beating the Cowboys in the playoffs would be a lot sweeter. Beating the Cowboys team that spends a lot of money and won the division and talks about how great they can be, knocking them out of the playoffs would be sweet. But that's just my take on that. So let me get back to more comments real quick and then I'll get back to what the Saints need and how I think this last week of the season will go. But you guys have a lot of chat questions here, so I want to get to them. When you think, when do you think the 2022 quarterback decision will be made? I have to see how Jameis feels up because that's better than trading every pick for Russ. Yeah, look, I, you guys know how I feel about this. I think if you can get Russell Wilson, I think you should get him. And the reason I say that is, look at the defense you have. You're still going to have Kamara. You're not going to trade Kamara in that. And I think for the Saints, what is the Russell Wilson trade value? Is it two firsts and two seconds? I would do that immediately. Is it three first and a, and some mid-round picks? I probably would still do that. I, I just, I really like what Russ can bring to the Saints. And I think for people who thought he was declining, I think today was a good example of showing that he's not. I know you'll probably say it's against the Lions, but you play who you play, and he played great. So I would go after it. I think the Jameis injury complicates a lot. Uh, I think Jameis will start somewhere next year, whether it's the Saints or the Steelers or Washington. He's one of 32 quarterbacks. There's only 32 good ones in this league to start, or 32 capable starters, I should say, and Jameis is absolutely one of them. So whether he's with the Saints or whether he's somewhere else, I think he will be a starting quarterback next year. 
I'm not out on the Saints bringing back Jameis and trying to figure out if he can kind of take that next step. And I, I thought he had a chance before the injury. I thought that Bucks game, he actually played really well. And it, it sucks that he got hurt then because not only did it hurt the Saints' playoff chances, you didn't find out what can he be in Sean Payton's offense. And I hate uncertainty and I hate not getting closure on things. And that injury didn't give us closure. So that sucked. But I'm not out on Jameis coming back. I think the decision will have to be made before before the draft because if you're the Saints, I think by early by the beginning of April, you want to know, is your guy on the roster or do you have to go draft a Kenny Pickett or a Matt Corral and, and find that next quarterback? So I think a decision will be made sometime in March. That's the way I feel about, I feel about it. I think the Saints will make calls for Russ. I think the Saints will make calls for Rodgers or if they can. I don't think they can get Aaron Rodgers, so I think that one's off the table. But they're going to be aggressive. They know that they have the defense. They know that they have the head coach. Get the quarterback figured out. This is a Super Bowl caliber team. I believe uh, Trauman is blocking Mike would open up the routes like Jimmy Graham did. Hey, look, I think that's pretty fair. I think that's absolutely fair um, about that. I think we signed wideouts and draft a tackle to replace Armstead. Yeah, I think that's very possible. I I think the tackle position is very interesting because there's two things I see. Either they draft a replacement or the Saints are kicking Ram check to left tackle. Landon Young or Hurst plays right tackle. I could see that being a certain uh, a possibility. Or they actually feel like Landon Young could play left tackle. And if that's the case, that would be fantastic for the Saints. And actually, the 2021 draft would look even better because you already got a Debo. You already got Pete Warner. Jury's still out on Peyton Turner, but you hope he could turn into something. And then imagine you got a, a, ta- a starting offensive tackle from that draft class too. That would be gravy. Green Bay doing their part to help us. How are we feeling? Do the Saints beat the Falcons and Rams beat the 49ers? Do we finally catch a lucky break? Look, first off, the Kirk Cousins thing came at the right time because Kirk Cousins gets COVID. Hopefully he's okay. I'd imagine he's doing better and he would start week 18. But when the minute Kirk Cousins goes down, you know the Packers are going to wipe the floor with the Vikings. And the Vikings losing takes them out of the picture, which is great for the Saints. And you look at these two matchups, the Cardinals beating the Cowboys was more important than people think. And the reason I say that is because the Cardinals beat the Cowboys, they still have a chance to win the NFC West. And because they have a chance to win the NFC West, the Rams have to play well against the 49ers. The Rams can't just rest their starters and live to see the playoffs because they want to be at home. They want to have that seating that benefits them, not play in the wild card round uh, as a wild card team, excuse me, and have to worry about playing every game on the road. So now they have to compete. And I think for other situations, when the Saints, the bad breaks, you know, usually don't go their way. Look at the scenarios. Think about the, they needed the Lions to beat the Packers with David Blau. That was never going to happen. Was it a year ago, I believe? And they needed two years ago. They needed the Seahawks to beat a 49ers team that made the Super Bowl. And that Niners team was damn good. And I get it. The, the Seahawks got stuffed at the, at the one yard line and they probably should have won. But I look at the matchups. Those matchups were never favoring the Saints. These, the Saints will probably be favored over the Falcons. And then second, I'd imagine the Rams are favored over the 49ers. Rams, they really can't. They usually stink against the Niners. Don't get me wrong. Kyle Shannon has Sean McVay's number. But I feel like if there's ever a weird year, for the Saints to get a lucky break, it would be this year for two reasons. One, because this year's a mess. And two, it would be the Saints' luck for the year they get a lucky break to get the playoff seating they need. It's the team that doesn't have the highest ceiling. It's not the 2019 team or the 2020 team. It's the one that doesn't have the highest ceiling. That would just be peak. So uh, that's just probably the way I feel about it. And yeah, look, I, everyone cracks their jokes about the Saints. And I get it. The offense stinks. I think if you're asking teams who would you rather see in a playoff spot, I don't think you want to see the Saints. I don't, I don't think if you're one of those wildcard teams, you want to see the Saints defense. Because these playoff games, and you guys know, obviously, 
it's a fist fight, man. You're in the mud getting dirty for 60 minutes. And you can break another team's will probably. You're not going to break the Saints' defense will. And I think the Saints' defense honestly takes their, their performance to another level when they go on the road. And if they make the playoffs, they're going to be on the road for every single playoff game. So it is a weird year. But, man, I, I feel like this defense has enough that they can, they can make some noise in the playoffs for one game. They probably would fall flat the, no, the next week. But for one game, they can make noise. We need playmakers, but uh, and the old line needs to be addressed. Yeah, look, the, the Saints, A, need playmakers in the offseason. And B, got to make sure that the O-line's fixed. Because we could talk about who the quarterback's going to be. Jameis, Russell Wilson, Kenny Pickett, Aaron Rodgers, whoever the hell you want to name. If you're not protecting them, all right, what the hell are we doing? So I really, really do think that's going to be a, a, te- a, a kind of point of emphasis for them, figuring out this O-line. Because outside of McCoy and Ramchek, who are the stalwarts you have going forward? That's a big question. And I, and I addressed it last podcast and the one before that actually. Kind of went on a rant about it a little bit, but Ruiz has not been what the Saints thought he'd be. Armstead's obviously hurt. Would love to have him back, but we'll see. He might cash out for one big one, and I don't blame him. That's probably the last big contract we'll get. Get your money, Tron. You deserve it. So we'll see what happens there. O-line first round, second wide, and second wide receiver. Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility, and I would say this real quick. The second round lately has been really good for wide receivers. Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown. There's guys there. So if the Saints don't take a wide receiver in the first round, assuming they have their first round pick and people freak out, just know that you can get maybe a David Bell in the second round or Jahan Dotson or George Pickens or Wondell Robinson or John Mechie. There's guys, there are guys out there or an Alec Pierce from Cincy. So I think for the Saints, there are enough options out there at this wide receiver position that they can do it. Zach Taylor is going to get coach of the year, even though his team is thriving in spite of his tendencies. Yeah, look, I'll say this about Zach Taylor. I'm going to give them a lot of credit that they're 10 and six, I believe. And they just clinched the playoff spot and Joe Burrow's balling out and Jamar Chase is balling the hell out. And they just beat the Chiefs today, which is a hell of a win. Zach Taylor's call, play calling though at the end of that game. I don't know if you guys all got to catch that. Probably one of the worst sequences I've seen at the goal line. Just terrible. Ground and pound. Yeah, you're damn right. Do you think AB will be a saint? All right, I'll say this about AB real quick. AB, it's a really complicated situation. I'm, I'm glad you guys mentioned AB, though, because this was on my mind um, about what happened today. Part of me is like, it's sad because you're like, AB needs help, and he hasn't gotten the help that he needs, and it's crazy to see someone who just kind of just just flips out on the sidelines, and you just feel like it's uncontrollable. Like, it just, they're dealing with something that just happened, and it sucks. Like, it, it genuinely sucks to see. Like, I felt terrible watching it. But then the other part of me was like, man... This is the NFL. Like, no one cares that he has issues. They just care that he's talented and that he's really good. And I agree. If the Saints hypothetically signed Antonio Brown, he would immediately help out the receiving corps. But he's not worth the headache. He's just not. And for people to say he went to the Bucs and they won the Super Bowl last year, I don't think they won the Super Bowl because of AB last year. I know he had a touchdown in the Super Bowl, and I know he's got that connection with um, Tom Brady, excuse me. But... I, I just don't. I, I think for a guy like him, I would rather him just focus on getting his help that he needs. And that's how I feel about the situation. That's that's how I honestly feel about the situation. I, I feel like I would love for teams to stop just signing him because he's great at football and someone figure out how to make sure this dude does not take his life to the point where something catastrophic happens. Because I think that's where we've been, we've been teetering on the line with AB. If it wasn't him trying to get cut on a cup by the Raiders 
the fiasco that he got, you know, cut in New England early. And even Tampa Bay, I mean, he got in a fight with a moving company. I, just search up Antonio Brown legal case and you'll find about 20 of them. And I, I just really hope that teams just stop just immediately signing him because he's talented and say, okay, let's get him help. That, that's the way I feel about it. And you know what? If he's, if you guys feel like you shouldn't get help because he's old, all right, I don't, it, it is what it is. But it's a weird situation. And I can't believe he did what he did today. It was terrible. But I think Bruce Arians deserved it because this team chickened out when the whole va- the fake vaccine thing came out. And I'm not here to talk about vaccination status and whatnot, but Antonio Brown lied and he used a fake vaccine card. And I'm pretty sure if you're an average human being who used a fake vaccine card, you would be legitimately penalized. Antonio Brown got suspended three games while he was already out with an ankle injury and needed the time off anyway, and the Buccaneers didn't reprimand him. You reap what you sow. So I, I, I do not feel bad about that. Mike White to the Saints, how many first-rounders do you, do you give the Jets and why is it at least four? I Look, trade your whole draft for Mike White. <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, hey, I, I'm going to give the Jets credit today. They battled. They battled out there. Bryce Young, 2023. Absolutely, man. I, I'm a big Bryce Young dude. Are Davis Alexander one of the starting three next year? Do we trade one for a weapon on offense? No, I, I think all three will be back. Demario's locked in. Werner's locked in. And I don't know about you guys, if you guys listen to the way Sean Payton speaks about Quan and his press conferences, but he loves Quan Alexander. He loves him to death. And I think Quan will be back. Um, and I think for Quan, there's a very simple fix to what you do with him. You sign him to contracts where it's not guaranteed but if he's playing, he's getting paid because if he's playing, he's making plays. And I think that is really, really important about Quan Alexander. He has been great. I'm so happy the Saints brought him back. He's such an infectious guy with the energy that he brings. I just love the dude. He's great. And people feed off his energy. And even if he's not out there on the field making an impact, he's making it in the locker room. And he will, in my opinion, be back. If Watson allegations get cleared. And would you be interested in throwing three first rounders, a second round to Texans? Look. I don't blame you for bringing him up, and I, you're not the only person who's brought him up. This is how I feel about the Sean Watson situation. I absolutely hate that he was involved in trade rumors right now, knowing what's going on. But I don't know the full story, and I don't know what happened. None of us know what really happened. So what I would say is I want this whole thing to play out. I don't want it to be one of those situations where he clearly paid them off, and it was a settlement, and that was it, where he probably did do things that he shouldn't have done, but he paid him off, and he's back because he's talented. So... If I could pick in a perfect world, I would rather have a Russell Wilson trade for him. But I'm not naive. I know that if John Watson, this whole legal situation gets cleared, teams are going to call. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints are one of those teams. It would be really uncomfortable to kind of get around the guy because the Saints have such a great female presence in their media room, uh, whether it's people like Amy Just or Kat Terrell or um, Maddie Hudak. So it would be just... For me, it, I don't know how that situation would be. It'd be kind of uncomfortable, but we'll see what happens, man. I, I know that teams will absolutely go after him because he's great. And and honestly, if we're being realistic, if you're ranking talent and youth together with Watson, Rogers, Wilson, Watson would be on the top of everyone's board. He's the youngest one, and the dude is amazing. It just sucks what happens. It's terrible, and I hope it's not true, but we have to see what happens, man. Paulson Debo has been a pleasant surprise. Damn right he has been. Paulson Debo's changed this defense. Just think about where we were in August. We're all panicking about the secondary. Uh, I went on a rant. I'm like, they don't have a cornerback too. And they got a cornerback too. Adebo is a great tackler. He's got really good short-term memory. I think that's the most important thing with the DB. Quick Eli Apple rant. Eli Apple's biggest flaw, when he would get beat, it would just, it would kill him mentally. And he'd be done for the rest of the game. Mistake after mistake after mistake. Paulson Debo doesn't do that. He makes a mistake. 
the dude's back at it next play. And I think for a DB, you need to be able to do that. You absolutely need to be able to do that. Claypool second round. Hey, look, another one, man. Another one. That's, uh, that's another receiver where you can get him in the second round. Uh, after the second round, you're kind of flirting with disaster. You get very lucky to get a Terry McLaurin. But the second round, you can still get good guys. Heck, heck the Saints got Michael Thomas in the second round. So there, there are guys out there. Keep grinding, bro. Just started my own podcast. Hey, man, I salute to that. I will definitely check it out. Uh, I appreciate the support, man. I, I wish you all the best for 2022. No better time to get involved in the podcast business than now, though, man. New year. Have some stuff to do. How many starting defense alignment will be lo- will be losing the off in the offseason? No, I mean, look, Jordan will be back. Passanio, I believe, will be back. Davenport will be back. Anyamata's back. The, the, you know, the crazy thing about the Saints team, the defense, they have a decision to make on Quan Alexander and Marcus Williams. Other than that, they could, in theory, bring back this whole defense. And, and P.J. Williams, excuse me. That's pretty scary. And, and the scarier part is, too, what if Peyton Turner takes that leap if he stays healthy? That would be great for me. I think that'd be great. Could you imagine Olave and MT would be automatically best bud? Yeah, I mean, look, give me Olave, give me Garrett Wilson, Jameson Williams, John Mechie's ACL heels in time. I would take him in the second round. So we'll consider trading for Derek Carr's plan. See if the Saints can't trade for Russell Wilson to Sean Watson. Look, I look, I forgot when I was talking about this. I, I, don't, I don't know if it was on another podcast or, or what it was, but I was talking about Derek Carr, and I'm like, I can't stand the Carr brothers. But Derek Carr's been a really good quarterback this year. So I would, I would take Derek Carr on the Saints if, if that's where it came down to. Um, I, I think he's a very efficient quarterback. He doesn't make that many mistakes. I do think he has good leadership qualities. I think he's damn annoying. But I, I think that he, he would be a pretty good move for the Saints quarterback if that's where they had to go. I'm sure he would be option C or D maybe on the list, but it's not a bad option at all. The fact that no Bucks coaches approached him, uh, AB, and left it to Mike Evans is a lot about that organization. I, I think it's twofold. I think part of it is they're probably fed up. But again, you know who he is when you sign him. You know, if I go to a restaurant that doesn't have good, you know, they don't make a good burger, and I order a burger, and the burger sucks, that's on me. I ordered it. If I sign Antonio Brown, and I know Antonio Brown is not well, and he is drama after drama after drama, and I enable the drama, by never reprimanding him, it's on you. As for Mike Evans, I will say this real quick. I know that we all make fun of Mike Evans and we don't like him because of the Lattimore rivalry, and I totally get that. I'm going to give Evans his props real quick because I've spoken to a lot of people in the Tampa Bay media. They say he's like the nicest dude in the world and he's very respectful. He tried to do the right thing and be a leader. And I don't know what the hell was said. And I know Mike Evans is a good leader. He wasn't having it after. It's like, you want to leave? Leave, dude. The door's right there, or the tunnel, I should say. Uh, I still can't believe it happened. It's wild to me, um, but it, it's just nuts. Quan off an Achilles, man, it's unreal. It is. I think that's what makes it even more special about what he's done. He, he, he off an Achilles, not even, I, I think his recovery timeline, I was talking about it with Justin from Booker Media the other day. I think he had an eight-month recovery timeline, and that is nuts. Think about an Achilles. That used to be a death sentence in football. You know, Durant towards the kids years ago, and people were wondering, hey, and I know it's a different sport, but people are wondering against the end. Durant looks like Durant. Quan looks like Quan Alexander. Maybe we're, we have, remember where we were back then with ACLs. ACLs, people used to think, oh no, you're done. Now ACLs are thought of as that stinks, but you'll get over it. We've seen it with Adrian Peterson. Hell, Nick Bosa's balling out this year. Got to give him his credit. Achilles might be the new thing, and that would be great. Absolutely great. 
Roby made uh, Roby. Adebo made Roby an afterthought. You got that right, man. And and to your point, he made us forget about Janoris Jenkins, which was a really really big loss at the time. And I, I think for Adebo, real quick, he is a benefit of how weird COVID's affected college football. What I mean by that is, in non-COVID times, Adebo wouldn't have to worry about opting out, would have balled out, and would not have fell to the third round. But he did fall the third round because teams didn't have enough tape, and the Saints benefited from that. Weird situation, but damn well. I mean, if it's benefiting the Saints, I'll take it. Don't want to lose Dennis Allen, man. None of us do, man. None of us do. I Dennis Allen deserves it, though. I, I kind of hope he gets one because he deserves the opportunity, but obviously selfish for selfish reasons, I would need to see him go. Hope Payton Turner becomes a late bloomer like Trey Hendrickson. Yeah, if that happens, I, I will say this is what I'll say about Payton Turner. The only reason I'm not going to be like, oh, he's a boss, get off him. One, it's one year. He has missed time. I thought he looked really good in his debut. But I think the Marcus Davenport thing is the reason why we should not give up on Payton Turner. Because Marcus Davenport, remember where we were a year ago, and we were so ready to talk about whether or not he was going to be anything relevant for the Saints. And now we all love Davenport, and we can't wait to watch him make plays on Sundays. And Peyton Turner's got a very similar body. Who knows? Who knows? I, I the, the possibility is there for him to have that that kind of just nice little ride, rise to stardom. And you mentioned Cam Jordan. Cam was the same way. No impact rookie year. Balled out after that. And Obviously, look how great the results have been ever since. JT Gray was so good today. Even got in on D and broke up a pass. Yeah, actually, that was a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. JT Gray is the new Justin Hardy in the sense that he does all the dirty work, constantly balls out on special teams. But even today, he comes in when they need him because they are down PJ Williams and Marcus Williams, and he makes some big plays. And something to be said about the way they develop these DBs. And that brings me to something I also wanted to mention. The Saints lost Aaron Glenn. I thought that was going to kill them. I thought Aaron Glenn being gone and going to the Lions was going to be a really big loss for them. And I think Aaron Glenn's a great coach. Chris Richard has been absolutely great for them and to be able to get a DB's coach like him to come in and there's no drop off and you can make an argument there's actually an increase in production great man absolutely great so kudos to him do you see the Saints drafting multiple wide receivers man I mean they could use multiple I think that why not I would double down um, I don't know if they will I do think they're going to draft the wide receiver this year though I think it would be gross negligence to not after you know like think about where they were Two years ago, three years ago, wide receiver room, and we all thought that was a bad room, yet they had Michael Thomas going on. You take Michael Thomas out, no one's consistently getting open. I, I would be very okay with them focusing on wide receiver and O-line in this upcoming draft because think about what they did this last draft. Defense first pick, defense second pick, defense third pick. There's a really good chance they hit on all three if Peyton Turner pans out because it seems like they hit on the other two in Debo and Werner, so I would not mind at all. Cam, COVID, Jordan, he's on fire. I don't know. I was bothering I was bothering my guy, Darian Gray. We were going back and forth. I'm like, I don't know what variant Cam Jordan caught, but man, he has been excellent. And it got to the point where like all the washed up talk about Cam Jordan, I saw some people tweeting today, oh, if we traded him, we could, we could sell high on him. And they probably could, but uh, he's not going anywhere. He's a saint for life. But that is, for me, what he's been able to do. He's been a big catalyst for this second half rise that they've had. And the reason they're actually in a position where they can make the playoffs. What do you think we do with Cesar Ruiz? I think they're going to keep running it back. I would say this about Ruiz. I think next year's it. Um, if he does not make any improvement next year, the Saints are going to get off of him. And the reason I say that is Andrews Pete struggled early, still struggles now, don't get me wrong. But Andrews Pete does some things that are good. I don't know what Cesar Ruiz does that's good. I don't think he does anything that's good. And 
for the Saints, you draft him with a first-round pick. He was a really good high school player and a really good college player. I don't understand why he's so bad right now. The position change, the mistakes would be made last year. That would make sense. No training camp or real training camp. It's all virtual. I would get that. There's no reason for him to be this bad this year. So I'm personally out on Cesar Ruiz. I would imagine the Saints bring him back. I mean, he's still got two more years on his rookie deal, not including the fifth-year option, which at this rate is not going to get picked up. So we'll see what happens there. I feel we need to do more play action to get the run game going. Uh, it's kind of too full. I think, look, they need to get the run game going as well to open up the play action game, but it's tough to do that right now with no O-line. This offense is just a mess. This offense is just a mess right now, and you just need to scrap and claw to get to 20 points. And if they can do that with this defense, they're probably going to win most games. And it's such an ugly, disgusting victory format, but it is what it is. Chris Richard, coach of the Legion of Boom. He's a real good coach. He's a great coach. Damn good coach. I've been loving Lattimore this year. He's had his downs, but for sure, it's the best year since his rookie year. Yeah, I think Lattimore's been great, man. This is what you want from Lattimore. You don't want to hear his name often because that probably means he's sleeping and he's not doing stuff. But you want to look around? Let's look at the Panthers' leading receiver today. Ian Thomas, 33 yards. Ian Thomas is not Marshawn Lattimore's responsibility, I'll tell you that much. DJ Moore, 29 yards. He did nothing. Terrace Marshall, 16 yards. Robbie Anderson, 10 yards. Saints secondary was on lockdown, including Marshawn Lattimore. Yes, hit all three on offense. I wouldn't mind. Yeah, look, if you can hit all three on defense last year and then hit all three on offense the, the next year, that changes the trajectory. And it's, it's obviously a no-brainer, what I'm about to say, but drafting well is the key to success. When you draft well, like 2017, you are set. And when you draft poorly, like 2020, it, it kind of drops you off a little bit because you missed on Ruiz, you missed on Troutman, you missed on Bond, and those are picks that you can't get back. So absolutely, if they can draft well, that'll put them in a good spot. Look at people like Robert Quinn. Jordan still has three. Look, absolutely. I think that's really big. I think that's really, really important. It's so easy to say guys fall off the cliff, but everybody's different. And Robert Quinn's having a career year at a point where a lot of people probably thought Robert Quinn should stop playing football. So what he's been able to do, shout out to him. He's been great. Do you believe Ram comes back as well as T said? Look, I don't know if Ram will come back for the rest of the season. I'm, I, I know that there was reports about him needing his knee kind of scoped out, which makes a lot of sense considering he's missed so many times. It, it's got to be legit serious. Uh, I think Armstead could come back though. I would kind of be shocked if Armstead doesn't come back for either week 18 or the playoffs if they clinch the playoff spot. Ram check. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. Brandon Cooks, Allen Robinson, OBJ, Gallopo's wide receiver two. Uh, wide receiver two, can't even speak there. Trader free agent signing. Hey, look, those are all good options. Allen Robinson is an intriguing one because I think his value is tanked so bad because the Bears quarterback situation sucks. And some of it is him declining. Some of it is the quarterback problem. The Saints, I don't think, are going to be in the market to ball out and spend $15 million on a wide receiver, but if they could get one and kind of look at what A.J. Green's done with Arizona, I think that's the blueprint there. Michael Thomas is back, and you can get an Allen Robinson for $10 million, $12 million. That'd be pretty good, in my opinion. I think Gallup will probably have a higher market. I think Brandon Cooks will make a lot of damn money, and he deserves it. So uh, I think it's going to be fascinating. Personally, I think the Saints need to draft O-line players that they actually intend to play their natural position. Look, man, you're preaching to the choir. You're preaching to the choir, Chris. I, I think that's an important thing. I think when you draft a guy out of position, you move him around. What do you expect? And the Saints did it twice with 2020. They did it with Ruiz drafting that center, moving him to guard, and they did it with Bond drafting him as that kind of edge-slash-hybrid outside linebacker and moved him to an off-ball linebacker. What do you expect? You're taking them from their natural positions. So I am not surprised that that has struggled. Are, they, are the Saints going to make the playoffs? Well, isn't that the million-dollar question? 
I'm not going to lie. Maybe I'm just feeling good because it's Sunday, but I kind of feel like the Saints are going to get lucky this time around. I know it never happens, and I can see me sitting here with a stupid look on my face next Sunday when they don't get in, but this has just been such a weird year. It would just make a lot of sense for them to get in just because it's a weird year. Uh, And if they get in, boy, is that going to be fun because you're playing with house money and no one's expecting you to win. I think that's the great thing. When no one expects you to win, no pressure on you. Saints kind of like it that way. Would you like to keep our picks or trade them for a solid wide receiver or quarterback? I would not want them to trade picks for a wide receiver. I can't make that clear um, enough, but quarterback, yes. I think that quarterback would be something there. I know we talked MT this year, but I really wonder if he's going to get moved or not. I feel like his value is at an all-time low. Yeah, that's the thing about MT. Look, look, you want to move him, but if his value's not great, you don't want to sell low. I think that's something just, you never want to sell low on any product or any player or anything in life. Care if you're selling a comic book or you're selling or you're trying to trade a wide receiver, don't want to sell low. So I would bring him back, honestly. And I know that sounds crazy because we haven't seen him play football in like two years, it feels like. But I, I would bring him back. I really feel like Michael Thomas, if he can just get healthy, he's way more valuable to your team um, than he would be somewhere else. And if you trade him for picks, you got to hit on those picks. And I don't know if they will. So uh, that that is a big thing for me. Do you draft a quarterback in the first round? Maybe Matt Corral. I love Matt Corral. I think he's got a really good uh, physical skill set, but I, I think for the Saints, if they draft a first-round quarterback, I think it's going to be Kenny Pickett. I think he checks all the boxes for Bill Parcells, which is important because that checks all the boxes for Sean Payton, who was his understudy. So that's who I would say. I think Corral's great, and I'm so happy that he didn't suffer a major injury. I'm so happy that they're saying it's an ankle sprain because then he'll be able to kind of go through the draft process, and I would hate for him to lose it because he played in a bowl game. So... Um, I think Corral will be on the Saints radar. They'll look at him, but I don't know if if he is a guy who you could start year one. Kenny Pickett, you can start year one. I really believe that. Uh, now, I know you'd rather have a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers or Jameis Winston, but I, I really do think Kenny Pickett could start uh, week one. Big win today, even with the crap-ass O-line. Yeah, look, man, it was crap. It was crap. And they got to rebuild that offensive line. They, they really, really, really do. Uh, I can't trust it enough. You need to keep every player in the bubble from here on out. Yeah, look, I'm going to be honest. Either keep them in a bubble or figure out who got it, who didn't, and wonder if, if these guys are going to be immune for the next couple of weeks. Um, obviously, I know you don't get permanent immunity from this because people are testing positive multiple times. Um, but I guess it's in a weird way, it's a good thing that the Saints outbreak happened two weeks ago than it did now. Um, it, 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 I guess it's still not great. I'd rather than not get COVID at all, but... I guess I, I look at the positive side. Do you personally think MT does want to play for us? I know it's hard to know, but I don't know with his tweets all the time. All right, let me just, I love that you mentioned that. Um, but Michael Thomas's tweets, every time he tweets, someone asks me, and goes, Chris, what do you think of this? I'm like, you cannot pay me enough to translate a Michael Thomas tweet because I don't know what the hell he's saying. And it could just be a song lyric, man. He could be in the gym getting a good workout in and all of a sudden he just tweets it out and that could be it very well. Um, but I, I never know with him. I would like to see him back and making plays. I would understand the Saints cut the, the cord, though, and, and move on, but it's it's a weird situation. Thoughts on Taysom's play lately? I think Taysom's been a nice game manager the last three last three games he's played. Not great. Uh, the Bucks game, definitely not great. Um, but efficient enough and not turning over the football. And I think that's what... Ta- if Taysom could not turn it over and give you 50 rush yards a game, I, I think that's damn good. I think that's kind of where you want to be. What's your worst case scenario draft and uh, draft and move wise for the offseason? Worst case scenario, I think for the Saints, you don't trade for a quarterback, you don't trade for a Jameis, uh, you don't sign a Jameis Winston back, and you don't get the quarterback that you want in the first round. And all of a sudden, you're going in this offseason and the next year, and it's either Taysom or Ian Book. 
That is the worst case scenario. That is absolutely the worst case scenario um, for me. That's that's what I would say. Feel like we would have won that Miami game if we had Taysom. I don't think I I don't say like I feel like they would have won. I think they would have. I really think if he was there, they would have won. Because think about how good the defense played. Think about how bad the offense looked. And I'm not trying to just rip on Ian Book here, but he wasn't ready to play. He wasn't ready to start, and you saw it. Chris, my dude, what are your New Year's resolutions? New Year's resolutions, honestly, guys, uh, it's kind of two things for me. One is just continuing to build out a bigger following of, of Saints fans and being able to connect with you guys because I freaking love just being able to interact with you guys. I know it sounds stupid just bringing up a comment, reading the comment, and getting back to you. I love that. I absolutely love it. Um, it, it brings a smile to my face. So that would be my, my first priority is continue to build out uh, the fan base and following that I have with you guys on Twitter, on YouTube, whatever it might be. And then the second thing actually is when the offseason comes around, I'm going to probably have a vlog on YouTube uh, and kind of talk about movies. You guys know I like movies, particularly Marvel and, and superhero stuff. And if I could build out a vlog for that just to keep myself occupied when football is slow and it's only like a two-month span when it's really slow, that would probably be my other one. Those would be my New Year's resolutions, obviously, um, in terms of career-wise. Uh, but again, we'll see what happens. But with you guys, anything's possible. You guys are great and you guys give me a lot of support and I really appreciate it. Appreciate you for real, Chris. Um, maybe one day we'll meet. Hey, look, hey, I'm always down for that. I always tell people we'll see what happens. Obviously, uh, crazy times with all this COVID stuff going on. But I, I love you guys. If I could ever meet up with you guys and we have a big event, that'd be cool. I actually already spoke uh, to BKM about it. We're going to figure out something next season for sure about having some big type of thing, uh, whether it's a live show in New Orleans or whatnot. We'll, we'll figure it out. But that, that should be fun. Batman movie is going to be sick. You bet your ass it's going to be sick. That movie looks amazing. Uh, and, and I think that it's going to be the best comic book movie of 2022. I, I feel that way. I tweeted about it and I'll continue to say it thoughts on fan control football. I'm going to be honest, man. I, I don't want a lot of you. I've not really checked in on that. I absolutely will though. Now that you brought it up, I think it's something that it's worth it. And, and I think for fan control football, um, I, I, we need an alternative. I think that there's enough of a hunger for football to have it year round. So I, I do think to have a, a, a second thing that would be really great. Do you think Payton will get coach of the year votes? I think he will get coach of the year votes. I don't think he gets coach of the year, though. I just don't think he will get it, um, but it'll be a finalist. Saints playoff chance, last path. Look, you need to win. You need the Niners to lose. Um, I think the chances are legit. I think the Saints, I think the FPI gave them like a 38% chance to make the playoffs, and that's pretty good. It's pretty good, in my opinion. So um, we'll see what happens there, guys. But anyway, I'm going to wrap it up here. Obviously, appreciate you guys all tuning in. Really big turnout for this one. I I love when you guys come in and drop comments. I really do. Um, and yeah, if the 49ers lose and the Saints win, they're in. So that is really, really important. Um, and I think also if the Eagles lose, the Niners lose, and the Saints win, I believe the Saints can move up to six, but I have to check on that and I'll tweet it out um, to give you guys an update there. But if the Eagles win out, it doesn't matter. That game's irrelevant. The Niners game's the important one. Obviously with the Saints. Saints got to do their things. And then either Niners lose. That would be it. But anyway, guys, I really appreciate you guys tuning in for this episode of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I appreciate all the comments you left in. I really, really do appreciate it uh, that much. I hope you guys had a great New Year's Day. I hope you guys enjoyed the Saints win. And hopefully next week when we're doing a live stream again, we're talking about the Saints potentially competing for a playoff game. Because that would be so damn fun if they get in just for the vibes. I just love the playing with the house money and back against the, against the wall. No one's giving you a chance. And that's when this team thrives at the best. So appreciate you guys all. I hope you guys have a great Monday coming up. Enjoy your first full week of 2022. And let's hope it's a damn good one. Appreciate you guys. Enjoy your Monday. Enjoy your week. I'll be back on the Straight Up Saints podcast to preview the Falcons game. And hopefully 
back on a live stream next Sunday or Saturday. If that's when they put the game, we'll find out on Monday or Tuesday for the recap there. So stay blessed guys. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. You're listening to the straight up saints podcast.